0: Hello. In today's episode, it's a very special episode because we have a featured guest, Deacon Charlie Echeverri. He is an entrepreneur. He's a deacon. He's a father. And he's really inspiring to, to me. Um, having now, like, just being open to the diaconate, like, just having this conversation with Deacon Charlie has been really. Um, eye-opening and uh very fruitful so uh, in this episode we talk a lot about discerning your vocation discerning marriage Uh, we talk about uh, finding the two because you might be hearing that um, that quote like how do i find the one Or how do i know the one well he talks about well you've got to find the two and you got to know the one well if you want to know more, what I mean here, we're gonna we're gonna dive into it a lot more in this episode. So we hope you enjoy, and we really encourage you to subscribe to his podcast. It's called "The Living the Call," uh, where he interviews a bunch of um, Christian executives, bishops. Entrepreneurs, like all these different things who are trying to change the world with their gifts that God has given them. And that's how I how I met him. And I really encourage for all of you who are big dreamers and who have big ambitions, who want to change the world uh, using the gifts that God has given you, go subscribe to his podcast, living the call. And without further ado or further delay, enjoy this interview with Deacon Charlie. The real question is this. How can you be more intentional in your relationship so that you can say yes to God's call to marriage with confidence and live out your vocation with excellence? Welcome to the Journey to Marriage show. We are your hosts and relationship coaches, Rafi and Sarah Filino. We'll help you transform your relationship and become the holy couple God is calling you to be, so that you can discern and answer God's call to marriage with more clarity, confidence, and peace.
1: We're so glad you're here. Now let's get started.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Journey to Marriage podcast. Uh, we have a really special guest that we're really excited to introduce you to. Um, and I actually found him through through a podcast, and we'll, we'll talk about it during during this episode, called Living the Call. But just a little bit about him. Uh, his name is Deacon Charlie Echeverry. Um, he is the Vice Chairman Emeritus of Catholic Answers. He's the founder of Black Brown Collective, which is a Los Angeles-based um, business accelerator. He's also host of popular podcasts, The Diversity Remix, and Living the Call. He was uh, ordained as a deacon back in 2017 for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. Uh, His ministries include media, homelessness, pro-life, apologetics, evangelization, and spiritual direction and mentorship. Uh, He's married to his wife, Jessica, of 20 years. Wow marriage goals and has five children. And again, uh, he's ordained uh, a deacon. So we are so excited to introduce you all to uh, Deacon Charlie. Hey, Deacon Charlie.
1: Hey, Rafi. Great to be with your brother. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for for um, spending your time with with us. I know I've, I met you and we actually are just coming off of recording for your podcast, yep. um, Living the Call, which was totally fun. So for all of you who are listening, like check check out his podcast living the call um he interviewed me on there and kind of talked about our story things that we don't really tend to talk about um the the like the the infancy of during your marriage all these things so it was a lot of fun but that's how i i met you and i was really cool to see this commonality of um seeing a catholic who's also very entrepreneurial who loves who loves the faith as much as i do so once i stumbled on your podcast i just was like geeking out about everything that you were doing, and um, again, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, of course, it's a great privilege to be here with you, man.
0: Yes, yes. So in in today's episode, I definitely want to talk to you about discerning and actor and acting on God's call, because. Just like hearing about your life having discern marriage and diaconate and all these things that you 're doing with business um there's a lot of discernment that that you had to make when it comes to decision making and you know a lot of the listeners here they're they're 're discerning uh they 're trying to discern god 's call specifically to the vocation of marriage, so speaking of that, I would love to know like would you mind kind of like sharing your story of your journey to marriage of how you met uh Jessica and now that you are married, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, just in kind of more summary fashion, I mean, I was brought up a a Catholic, you know, I was born into a Catholic home, My, my family background is Colombian, so South American kind of Catholic upbringing, you know, very sacramentally oriented, very familial in nature, like all of that stuff. My parents were married until my father passed away in 2015. So like all of that foundation was there. I met um you know my now wife uh 20 plus years ago as you've already noted we just had our 20th anniversary in February of this year and and it was really uh really awesome but I met her and you know when I met her she couldn't have been farther from any kind of experience I had ever had in terms of upbringing reality etc like I mean it you know you hear about opposites attracting but it was like on turbo mode in our case, right? She came from a family, sadly, that had a lot of divorce in it. Both sets of parents had been divorced and remarried three times. She had gone through a tremendous amount of abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, etc. Had actually had been a teenage runaway, spent a number of years homeless and housing unstable. I mean, you name it, she had gone through it. And that was as far away from a reality that I even understood as I could, I could even begin to process at the time. And so, you know, in terms of our journey, the the idea of discernment is for for us, I mean, to this day, is an ongoing thing, right? I, I think one of the things that we maybe sometimes think about is that discernment is a moment in time, like it's, I need to discern this decision, and then I'm like, I'm backing off from that, no more discernment. But discernment is like another way, it's like the other side of the coin of really a relationship with God. And the more time we spend with God in prayer, and devotion, um, exercising the sacraments, in, in helping our brothers and sisters in a variety of different ways, the more we do that, the more we're in a state of consistent discernment because we're in a state of consistent proximity with God. So, you know, over that 20-year-plus now journey, there's been obviously different seasons and different steps and different things. But I think what characterized our relationship is, from her perspective, a real attraction to what made me in terms of background and and kind of openness to this kind of religious experience, which was completely foreign to her. She was given no religion at birth, was not raised in a faith, you know, was sort of nominally baptized in like a bathtub by like hippies in the 70s. I mean, it was, it's this really, you know, kind of crazy thing. So she wasn't given any of that. And she had a lot of attraction to all those things in me. And for me, it was this idea of, you know, slowly over that 20 period, uh, a year history, in addition to learning about her, also learning more about my faith by how I viewed by, by me understanding the way that my faith experience contributed to her, like it almost made it real to me because I was just taking everything for granted, right? So it's been a journey. Faith walks are, devotional walks are a journey, and it's something that progresses over time. But it's been characterized by an openness to God, a connection with her, and recognizing our, you know, kind of how we're counterparts and that there are things that God communicates to me through her and things that God communicates to her through me. And it's that realization over time that I think has been, you know, the sort of ground of how we've discerned in our, in our kind of marriage walk.
0: That's really awesome. And I, and it still continues to unfold for the both of you every single day. Right. And, um, I just want to highlight 20 years is, is such an amazing feat and like seeing what the statistics of everything, like you don't see these types of marriages. And, uh, and I really like relate to you on that level as to your different upbringings. And how um, she had experience being a, in a household with divorced parents. That's the same thing as my wife as well. Um, but then, like, through the grace of God, like, you guys made it work. And I'm just really curious, like, when it comes to, like, your spiritual life, if you were to look at yourself back 20 years ago, were you still at that same place spiritually um, when you are like, discerning and, like, because it's,
1: Yeah. Can you share no, a little bit about no, that? Yeah, not 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 at all. It's almost like learning a language, right? It's like um, you go through different stages of it, or or maybe even like something simpler than learning a language. It's like maybe learning to dance, right? I know you guys rock out and dance all the time, right? So maybe this is a better analogy. But for me, it was like there's a level that's an intellectual level. There's a even before intellectual, there's a cultural level, right? So there's a cultural understanding of discernment, relationship with God, faith, all that stuff, and I was definitely in that. She didn't have any of that cultural dimension because she wasn't brought up that way. Then after the kind of cultural stage where I started to realize, wait a minute, there's something more than just my family customs and my family traditions and any, you know, kind of Latino heritage that was like part of that. There's more than that is when the kind of intellectual side of the equation got triggered. And I started to want to learn about the faith. And this happened during a time when my wife was becoming interested in coming into the faith. And she would basically just ask me like incessantly a bunch of questions that I couldn't answer because I didn't know. So like the intellectual level kind of came next because I was forced to try to learn things that in trying to give answer to her that I felt like I should know and I didn't know. And then came this sort of phase, maybe broadly speaking of the heart where I really, I feel entered into relationship with that God who had been, holding me and caring for me from the very beginning, right? Where I kind of knew he always was, but because of these cultural cues, then I understood more about him through the sort of intellect. But then I really started to kind of rest in him and, and enter into a relationship with him. So I think it looks very different today. Although I don't want to like minimize the importance of the earlier phases and maybe other people have different ones, but those were the ones for me, because I think that they're, they kind of build on one another. At least they did for me, right? It's like kind of putting a structure together. So you lay the foundation, you lay the bricks and ultimately, but ultimately you're like, what you're trying to do is like create a home. And, and, and that's kind of how it was for me. So no, it was, it was very different back then. Um, But God used, you know, the things that he could given where I was on my journey to help kind of draw me closer to him and marriage specifically was a massive accelerator of all of this in other words without marriage on both a practical level because of the relationship we had but also on a supernatural level because of the sacraments and the graces that we received i don't think anything would have really happened
0: that's really awesome and i'm glad that like you're able to recognize those two those two important factors that because sometimes I think like a lot of couples think it's it's something that we do practically every single day to get where we need to be, but there's that understanding of that sacramental nature and grace of of marriage that also plays in a role of how to um, make marriage work and how to have the relationship to work i mean we we live in a culture right now where people are wanting to not get married in church like and they don't know what they're missing out on and i mean sure. that's 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 what we're really trying to do um here in journey to marriage but um aside from the call to marriage mm-hmm. you were you were called to the di- diaconate so like how did that like what was that inspiration as well um that that led to that and how did she react because i know that this is like a team effort right? Um, sure. Yeah, it is. With yeah.
1: The I mean, it, it, there, there's a ton of overlap with the diaconate and just the spiritual walk in general, because as you, as you draw closer to God, you get to hear God's voice in a fuller sense. So God always wants your good, and he always wants what's best for you. And he always loves you infinitely. Like that part you begin to understand, but then the depth of what that actually means, you can kind of understand the contours of better the closer you walk to him, right? So that was the case for me, where like, okay, called to be married to this woman who i would have never in a billion years thought would have been my wife right that's part of it started having a family okay so now i'm dad that's a dimension that i that can now add on to it and god speaks to you through that and then the diaconate for me really came up um you know in large part by this journey of intellectual understanding of the faith part of that was this understanding that the church had a wisdom in terms of how she administered the sacraments and how she set up the church you know, bishops, priests, deacons, and what that all meant. And I found it fascinating. Like, you know, I I just I did like the whole intellectual part of it. Right around that time, I also got a chance to meet for what I think was the first time. But again, you know, you, you, you sometimes you don't have the opening to like, remember things because of where you are in your walk. But in my mind, he was like the first deacon I'd ever seen. Right. And I met this deacon, and I recognized like, wait, wait a minute, this guy's living this ministry. And he's like, a business guy and he's like married and he's got kids and he's up on the altar and he's like doing all these things. And, and it it drew my attention, right. I was very intrigued by that because, you know, I felt this sort of what I now recognize as a bit of a consolation of a drawing forth, right. It's kind of like when you're learning to swim and your mom holds out or your dad holds out his arms and like you're swimming and you, and he starts moving backwards. You know what I mean? Like to make you swim more, it was kind of that thing, right. That God was kind of beckoning me to take a deeper look. And I remember my, it was because of my wife. It was through the sacrament of, of matrimony. My wife is the one who sent me a link to an information day for the diaconate and said, hey, do you want to go? And I just said, yes. And so we ended up going together started to learn more about the what the diaconal ministry was and what it isn't and who a deacon is, which is the important thing beyond what a deacon does. I think we tend to think a lot in like practical terms, but the the, 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 the deacon is a the deacon is a vocation, right? It is a calling that we answer. And so I learned more about that and got involved in the formation program. And as you said, Rafi, it's definitely a team thing because, you know, to the extent that a guy is married and some aren't, but to the extent that a guy is married, you walk through the entire formation program with your wife because she's critical to, and your marriage is critical. Like if you've got a shaky marriage, you're not going to get ordained to the diaconate. I can tell you, unless the formation team is just terrible. And normally they're not. So if you've got marriage problems, like that's a, you, you like strike out instantly because the diaconate builds on the sacrament of matrimony it's got to have that as its as its bulwark as its ground and without the 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 solidness of a of a of a marriage foundation like you're not going to be a good deacon period end of story so it's critical that the that the wives be um you know involved in that and she was and like we learned together and grew together and all that stuff until in uh you know 5 years ago actually 5 years ago this month I was, uh, I was ordained to the diaconate um, uh, here in Los Angeles, and uh, yeah, it's been an amazing journey, but it's also something that, you know, for me is a byproduct of my marriage. In other words, God's vo- the God's voice is like amplified and clarified through matrimony, right? And it's not like this separate thing, like, oh, you're married, now I'm gonna call you to this other thing where we speak a different language. It's like, no, no, no. We're gonna talk the same language through that lens of matrimony, And you are now just going to be able to understand what I'm saying better. That's what happened. Hey there, Rafi jumping in real
0: quick. Are you a young adult Catholic and want to know the secrets to discerning and preparing for a marriage that lasts a lifetime? If so, we'd like to give you a free gift. Before Sarah and I met and got together, We both experienced our fair share of being in toxic relationships for years, struggling with things like falling in chastity, miscommunication, and always getting into heated arguments. But by the grace of God, finding the right mentors and surrounding ourselves with the right community, we were able to heal from the past, break these unhealthy habits, and learn more positive ways to live out our relationship. We created this free resource called A Simple Guide to Discerning and Preparing for a Holy and Thriving Marriage to reveal some of these secrets that have transformed our relationship as well as the relationships of Catholics we've mentored on their journey to marriage. Go to journeytomarriage.com gift to grab this free gift now. See, this free guide answers the biggest questions we hear from young adult Catholics discerning and preparing for marriage, sharing practical tips that you can easily implement today and produce incredible results for your relationship. So, if you are a young adult Catholic that's tired of struggling to figure out this whole journey to marriage alone, and would like to instead navigate this journey with more confidence, clarity, and peace, then... Go to journeytomarriage.com slash gift to grab your free gift now. All right, let's go back in today's episode. Wow, that's really awesome. And um, I'm glad that she was able to kind of like put that in your ear. <laughs> plant those sure. seed, plant that seed of, because um, like literally that decision has changed your life. is changed the trajectory of everything. And I think one of the things that... Um, it really stuck out to me is your openness to like listen. And I know for us men, sometimes it's, it's kind of hard for us to listen. We like, we have our own plans and we want to do things our own way. But the fact that you've listened, you listen to your spouse, you listen to um, where, where the Lord you felt, you felt was calling for sure. you to, for that sure. now I mean, opened up these opportunities.
1: Think of how many times that you've gotten a response to a prayer through a person. I mean, it happens all the time right? You pray about something and then you get a call, you get an email, you get some other nudge from somebody like, wow, that's kind of interesting timing. Like, yeah, that's not a coincidence. That happens all the time. But when you have your person, which is your husband or your wife, that's your person. Like that is like FedEx for God. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's his, That's his go-to because that's that's the closest person that you should have to you. And so, you know, there's so much that i've gotten directly from god through my wife and i'm sure in the other way around right but being open to that is like you know pretty important because that's god's mouthpiece in many ways to to speak to us right that's kind of why he constituted this thing to begin with is to kind of give you a partner to get you to heaven that's sort of the goal
0: yes agreed agreed um and that's really cool as well. Like you, you met another deacon who kind of has the similarities of what you are very passionate about business, family, marriage, and all these different things. And maybe you might be that, <laughs> that guy in my life. Cause I was thinking about, um, since I, for those who know my story, like I was discerning priesthood at the time. And then I met Sarah and I joke around like, oh, she derailed me. But that's um, not what happened. But, um, yeah. And I was thinking, oh, you know, if, I, if I'm married with Sarah, I mean, there's a chance maybe I am I feel called to yak in it sometime. And yeah. uh, I've never really, like, looked into that. So, um, so I'd,
1: say, I'd say two things on that really quickly. So one of them is that this deacon that kind of inspired me to take a closer look is somebody that I actually didn't – I sort of fell out of, of, of um, communication with him. We just lived in different parts of the city. I changed parishes. Like, there was a whole thing. And – He actually was the deacon at the altar for my brother, who's a Benedictine priest at my brother's ordination. And so I got a chance to reconnect with him. And in the context of that, share with him, it's like, hey, you never knew this, right? We didn't have that kind of relationship, but you were a big reason why I wanted to take a look at the diaconate, right? So I will say that. Uh, Deacon Tom Stable, that's his name here in Los Angeles. So one. Number two, what you just said about the diaconate in terms of your own sort of walk, you know, I get approached a lot by younger men like you who are like looking and saying, hey, you know, like um, this kind of interesting. And, and, and on that, you know, it's really important to recognize a couple things about the diaconate. One of them is that theologically we have one priesthood, one priesthood there's the priesthood of all baptized believers right the royal priesthood we all baptized people belong to that priesthood within that there's a ministerial priesthood essentially and that ministerial priesthood has 3 degrees the diaconate the presbyterate and the and the and the episcopate right so bishops you know priests and deacons so a deacon shares in a way it's a different ministry it's not a ministry in the sense it's not a priestly ministry it's a ministry of service but we share in that ministerial priesthood in a unique way right and when you're ordained you are literally changed you are ontologically changed you are configured to christ in a unique way that you didn't have it's like being baptized right all that's happening. But when young people ask me about this or younger men ask me about this, I always encourage them to at least find out more about it because we've got this crazy dynamic, Rafi, in the church right now in the U.S. And the crazy dynamic is that the church on a global level says the permanent deacons shouldn't be ordained before they're 35. Now, when you factor in a five-year formation program in some dioceses, like in Phoenix, it's seven years. But when you factor in a formation program, that means that people as young as their late 20s could enter the, per- the permanent diaconate program, but none ever do. They don't. In fact, the 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 statistics for the diaconate in the United States right now are that 90 percent, it's a real stat, I'm sorry, not 90, 95, 95 percent of permanent deacons in the U.S. are over 50, 80 percent of permanent deacons in the U.S. are over 60 i'm not dinging my older brothers in the diaconate at all they do an amazing ministry but what i am saying is that there's a gap between what the church says the permanent diaconate can be and how it's practiced in reality in the united states it's not the same in other countries by the way other countries have very different statistics but it just happens to be the case here that normally the diaconate is something you think about like when you're done like when you're done with work or when your kids are grown or when you're retired or whatever And that's great. God could be calling all of those men at that stage in life, but I find it very hard to believe that God is not calling younger men to consider the permanent diaconate in keeping with what the church teaches. So I I leave that to you in the background. That doesn't mean you or anybody listening is called to be a deacon. That's what the formation teams are for. That's what the sermon is for. That's what prayer is for. But the opportunity exists, and it should be broader, in my opinion, than what it currently is relative to those demographics wow and thanks
0: thanks so much for like shedding light on that because whenever i think about a deacon as well it's just like oh it's probably somebody like you have to be a little bit more older and all these things and then when i met you and through your podcast i was like wow this is like a young guy kind of just like me like how did how did this whole thing look like so the fact that like this is an opportunity um is it's it's really it gives me a lot of hope too and to to really look into that being open to that um So thank you so much for sharing that in regards to discerning, because I know you've, you've discerned like all these different things. And I know a lot of our listeners, they're, they're trying to discern God's will for their lives, particularly, um, getting married. Right. And you've, you've gone through all these different journeys. Like, is there like a certain, I guess, like i know for for me as a as a businessman like i'm always thinking about things about like frameworks like steps like what are some like practical things that really helped you to discern god's will and like answering the call in all these different directions if you were to like be able to put this into like maybe a framework or like specific simple things that these young these young catholics that are wanting to discern god's will to do it like how do they practically do that
1: i mean some of this stuff is you know when you hear it even as i say it it sounds in certain cases unsatisfying you know like oh it can't be that no there's got to be like some like trademarked sort of approach and i understand that i even feel that in some ways but at the end of the day i think god is is and we know this theologically god is simple he's not complicated that doesn't mean he isn't profound and infinite he's that too but he's simple right And when we think about like the framework, the framework begins and in some ways ends with prayer. In other words, your relationship with God is the the foundation of every part of discernment, decision making, everything that you do in life. And if you start with that as your number one priority like how much time and think about it in this term maybe this is the practical way to think about it what is relationship relationship is like time investing time and investing proximity and investing sacrifice right into into different things okay what is my time what is my sacrifice and what is my proximity to god like how does that look because whatever that is that should be number one that's the top of the waterfall the absolute top of the waterfall The more you do that, the more naturally discernment comes, because discernment is an intentional way of referencing the degree of relationship you have with God. That's what it is. It's like giving a name to this intentional uh, understanding of your relationship with God. So the framework for me is it starts and in ways ends with prayer. Number one, God is number one. For people when they're married, there is a number two that enters into the picture very quickly, because number two is your spouse. And I know some people here are discerning whether or not they get married. And so they need to think about that in this context. If number one is God, and we know how you feel about God, is the person that I'm walking this discernment to marriage with, is that person somebody that I see, feel, understand, believe is number two. And I'm talking about number two in all of creation. Okay, number two. This is my number two person and then for those of those people who are married and then have children the ch- the kids are number three. Okay, and then other things beyond that job responsibilities, you know other stuff they kind of fall in a sequence under that. So the framework, if there is one to me is founded on that and if I'm thinking about getting married, then I've got to really ask myself. You know, number one, do I have the number one properly situated? Am I giving God the time of time, sacrifice, proximity that he deserves? Because he's number one. Like, am I doing that? And then the second question is, okay, is this person I'm walking with? Is this guy or gal that I'm walking with? Are they number two? Am I am I treating them like they're number two? Can I envision them being number two? Because once you're married, that is what happens. That person is your number two. I joke with my wife all the time. And and frankly, when she's unhappy with me, she'll tell me, she's like, I'm not number two. It's like, I'm not number two. I fell somewhere down that list. Maybe I'm seventh right now, but I'm not number two, right? And it's a really great way to kind of, um, at least it has been for us, for us to kind of orient us, right, to to like the priority or the hierarchy that, that kind of needs to exist. So I would answer the framework that way. Beyond that, I don't have secret sauces or anything like that to offer.
0: No, that's perfect. Like, I, I totally resonate with this as well because those are the questions that, those are the two questions I had to answer when I was trying to figure out if like Sarah was the one that I want to spend the rest of my life with. It's like, hey, like, is, is she making, is she helping me to get closer to God? Like, how am I in a relationship with with God? And uh, like, that was a checkbox because that was like a big priority with the both of us when we were discerning and even throughout our marriage. And the fact like, the second question is that, like, am I willing to just, like, lay down my entire life to love this person, even if she's imperfect, even if she has completely different worldviews or ways of doing things? Like, will I still, like, lay down my life in sacrificial service to her? And when I, when I, and when I could answer in my mind, yes, I knew, like, okay, let me, let me go ahead and act on that now and actually do something about it. I know there's, like, the discerning thing, and then doing for sure
1: it. well even 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 the language that we use you just use it right is she the one um and that's important everybody gets understands what that means but you know in this kind of framework thinking it's like she's she's not the one she's the two god's mm-hmm. the one yeah. and the degree to which she can be the two mean is directly related to how much god is the one right so that, that that's kind of what i mean right and you'll love her and and or if it's a you know a, a young woman hearing this you'll love your number two in a way, proportionally to as mu- uh, how, how much you love number one, right? So it, it's like these things are all related, and it applies to your kids as well, right? When you have kids, if you have kids, if God blesses you with with kids, that 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 kind of love for God is the the sort of the waterfall, right? And kind of fills all these things beneath. It. And the degree to which we kind of are tapped into that font, the more full these other things will be. But yeah, we're 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 in a way not looking for the one, we're looking for the two, because the one is God, right? And I, I guess that's what I that's what I meant. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Um, thank Put you on so a much. Dude. Yeah, I know <laughs> I'm sure you'll be selling it soon. It's like, you know, there it is.
0: But no, two. that's so good. That like really cause like one of the things that we talk about, it's like it's not about finding the one, it's also about becoming the one.
1: There so you go. like you've yeah. gotta
0: you've gotta be holy. You've got to grow in virtue and all these different things all instead that. of like, oh, you know, my partner, she's not perfect and all these things. Like, well, you don't just end the relationship because of that. Like, maybe there's virtue, there's things that you have to grow in, um, for you to be able to, um, transition those different stages. For sure. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, do you have any, I know this is really good. This is really good. Like, hopefully this gives a lot of clarity for our listeners. Do you have any last parting advice for those young adult Catholics who are on their journey?
1: I mean, I think, look, you, you know, the only thing I would say is that, um, we need you Right. We need you to uh, to continue to discern, to continue to pray, to continue to ask God, you know, if this person that you're discerning with is your number two, because right now we're in a situation where globally the statistics are not very promising about Catholic marriage. Um, In fact, even though the Catholic Church, believe it or not, across the world is actually growing the 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 practice of catholic matrimony is dropping at the same time and in the US just in the last couple of generations we're talking 20 years we've had a 65% plus drop off in catholic matrimony And the byproducts of that are everywhere. And I know that if we just have our eyes open, we can see all the problems everywhere that are caused by that. A sense of you know, aimlessness and kind of like floating in outer space and a lot of weird things that are happening and people feel disoriented. And a big part of that is because we've lost that anchor, that foundation of matrimony. So I would just encourage people that are on this walk, like that's awesome. You know what I mean? Keep discerning praying etc because the world you know we all need you we need your matrimony and that doesn't mean that I'm saying go get married to the person you're with keep discerning but I'm just or that you're discerning with but the idea of matrimony is something that is powerful instituted by God himself that is a powerhouse in terms of sanctification of the whole world and boy do we need it so just keep doing what you're doing and keep God as the number one and the rest will follow
0: well said, Deacon. Awesome. Well, with that being said, how can our listeners get to know more
1: about you? And if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about your podcast, Living the Call, that's how I, I met you. Um, yeah. So, yeah. For sure. So, the easy way is just go to deaconcharlie.com. That's like everything is pretty much on there. My appearances, podcasts, you know, some media, that kind of stuff. So, if you want just one place, that's the place, deaconcharlie.com. In terms of the podcast, it's called Living the Call. And Living the Call is conversations with people who are living their Christian vocations and positions of influence. So, we've had. You know entrepreneurs and bishops and CEOs and artists and scientists and songwriters, and you name it have, have been on the show, but the, but the whole principle, what I want to do with that show is to let people discover really compelling, interesting people who are living their vocations in these really, you know, halls of influence, wherever those halls may be, right? Uh, so that's the, that's the thing. It's available on every platform. to so wherever you listen to, uh, to podcasts, uh, you can just search Living the Call and it'll show up. And uh, yeah, appreciate the love there.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for your time, Deacon Charlie, and make sure you subscribe to his podcast and follow him. Um, his podcast is really impactful. It has re- really good stories that people are sharing, and uh, I know you guys are going to get a lot of benefit from that. So with that being said, we are praying for all of you holy couples on your journey to marriage. Take care, and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Journey to Marriage podcast. Let us know your thoughts about this episode by sending us a DM on Instagram at Journey to Marriage. Also, do you have a burning question about relationships and marriage that you'd want for us to answer in a future podcast episode? If so, go to journeytomarriage.com/ask to submit your burning questions to us for a chance to get it answered in a future episode. Again, go to journeytomarriage.com/ask to submit your question now.